Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Rock bottom smile bears its rotting teeth again. Acts like there's nothing wrong and they're still my closest friend. Romanticize the fondest memories and good times and hope that I forget the rest. Welcome into Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at dmelt 57 coming to you probably for the last time for a little bit because uh, I think all the hockey news that is going to happen this summer has probably all happened in the last week. And we're going to talk about it, and then uh, we're all going to head off to our respective lake houses that we definitely all have. So I've got all my line mates with me this evening. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey you can find on Twitter at Jehosa's Witness. It's Shepard Price. Hi, you got it right. Uh, I did. I la- did. For, Very proud. For the last time, uh, I am more angry about the Knights offseason than the gold than the Blackhawks offseason so far. Except, well, at least they got something for the Brinkett. By <laughs> getting literally nothing for a good player and then be angry. Yeah, uh, the Blackhawks are supposed to suck next year. Uh, I think the I think Vegas might suck, but they're not trying to. <laughs> no, and the, the thing is, it's a wide open division. Nobody's very good in the Pacific. They could have easily just. Yeah, it's like like they should be able to, they should be able to sleepwalk to that division, or yeah. at least into a playoff spot. You know, a top three position, get into the postseason, and see where you go from there. But nope, <laughs> you're going to be sweating it out like the rest of the NHL world. Yep. Ah, well, that should be fun for you. Uh, also with this evening, also with us this evening is what I should say. And he is the second city hockey. What Perry Farrell is to Jane's addiction. You can find him on Twitter at mill 182. It's mill Savage. You know, I was complaining about as bad as baseball has been this year. I was complaining about the all-star break and how there's no games on right now. And then I realized we have to talk about this fucking Hawks team. And I was like, damn, I shouldn't <laughs> complain about no baseball. <laughs> So, well, the home run derby is going on right now, Mill. I mean, yeah, you don't want to watch I, Albert Pujols try. I kind of <laughs> lost interest in like all All Star games. No, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like they're fine, like they're okay, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, it, but baseball's also been really shitty for everybody besides like New York. So, oh no, the White Sox are back now. Uh, me and she, yeah, Shay and I haven't had a chance to talk about it, but they took three or four against Minnesota leading into the all-star break. So they're officially back. Is that right? Just, okay. in, just in time for a just week long t- break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That tends to be the white Sox like shtick. You remember in 2016 when they like didn't trade anybody at the break when they were above 500. Yeah. And then in the winter, they traded everyone and started yeah, like Samarja and all that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of like, I feel like that's a Chicago thing. 
Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, uh, so there's that. Well, let's bring in the last member of the group because she's been waiting very patiently. Uh, she's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. It's the Second City Hockey Bulletin Wall of Text, Betsy. I was multitasking and looking at uh, bridesmaids' dresses <laughs> while you guys <laughs> So, so, so the, the home run derby chatter wasn't quite doing it for you. No. And <laughs> I have to pick two bridesmaids dresses cause I have both a American wedding and a Hindu ceremony wedding. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of dresses to look at. I feel like Betsy has a voodoo doll. It's like three headed whenever us three start talking about wrestling or baseball. <laughs> start sticking pins in us <laughs> it sounds like she just has multiple browser tabs over she's like oh these idiots are talking about wrestling again that's pretty much it yeah baseball might as well be go. wrestling sting brings a bat with them <laughs> uh well uh I, I guess we could start talking about some uh some blackhawk stuff you know if we have to unless unless we could have a long discussion about bridesmaid dresses i don't have much to contribute to that but uh Hey, there was some Blackhawks news today, which actually made uh, quite a a visceral reaction on the Internet today from a lot of people in the Blackhawks fan base. And uh, the news came out that Eddie Olchick is no longer going to be the Blackhawks color analyst. He moved on to a job with the Seattle Kraken, uh, where he and I believe it's John Forslund are going to be the the team up there, which good for the Kraken. Sounds like a good call that they're going to have for their 20 and 62 season next year. But uh just a lot of anger, I guess, out of the Blackhawks fan base, it seemed like, on the internet today. And, again, I know uh, Facebook comments aren't necessarily the heights of human communication, but, like, we had more angry comments on our, our article about the Olchek News today than on any article in the last two weeks, including, like, the Debrinket rumors, then the ultimate Debrinket trade, and everything else that's happened. And I'm trying to, like, sort this all out in my head because – um, I did not have the emotional reaction to this that a lot of people did. Uh, I like Eddie Olchick. Uh, I'll, I've never met him personally, but I've never heard a bad word about him. Um, you know, I'm so thrilled that he was back in the booth after the the cancer scare they had a few years ago. And uh, uh, ecstatic that he's back. It seems like in good health. And it's but just from a broadcast perspective, I guess I just never really like identified with him as much as I identified with Pat Foley. And I was talking with another hockey fan today who was a little bit newer to the sport, uh, got on the bandwagon like 15 years ago, like a lot of other people did. And he described that, you know, Pat, uh, Ed Olchick was the guy who brought hockey down to his level and made it, you know, kind of helped bring him into the sport. So if you're someone who got on the bandwagon during the Hawks heyday, maybe that's why that segment of the fan base more, uh, was more upset by this news today than people who might've been around a little bit longer. I don't think it's necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just a different thing. Uh, I, that's just the way it felt for me. Um, it was, it's kind of weird to see him go, but, uh, the way they're tearing everything else down, I guess, uh, that's just the next part of it. Uh, so I wanted to swing this around the mill because I know, uh, he sometimes joined me in the grumpy old men, uh, segment of this podcast. So mill, go ahead. We could be like the merry old men. I think we're going to be very grumpy for the next few years. We're going to be the Statler and Waldorf of this podcast. Yeah, me. pretty much. But, you know, I'm with you, Dave. Like, uh, Ultrek's fine. Like, nothing, no gripes. He has his own personality, whatever. But I think you and I are very much in the Pat Foley camp of 
Um, he's one of us, and that's kind of how we relate to the announcing side of things, or how and we grew up with him, you know, mm-hmm. before yeah. the first firing. <laughs> well, and I think also like I I'm too young to remember uh, Olchik as a player, at least like in his first stint. Yeah, like, like when he came back the to the 80s, Hawks. He came back in like the late '90s and played like one or two seasons, and like 2000, just, I feel like. Yeah, and but anyway, go on. Yeah, so so yeah, I mean, and again, good for Eddie Olchek. Hopefully, uh, a change of scenery might just be something that he wants. You know, um, Forsland's awesome, and going from Foley to Forsland is is not a bad thing uh, since yeah. Pat's retired. But uh, for me, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, like it doesn't matter right now to me who's calling the games. It's kind of like, <laughs> what what difference is it going to make? Yeah, I'm, I'll probably have it muted. <laughs> and I'm being serious, not because I don't, like, I'm being shitty, but it's just like, I don't need them to break the game down for me, especially with the, with the guys that are going to be in the booth. Yeah. Uh, Shay and Betsy, if either one of you want to hop in uh, with any Eddie Olchick thoughts, go right ahead. I, it, it, it feels like a whole new booth for a whole new team. Um, honestly, it feels like with the way the Blackhawks are just sort of hitting the reset button on franchise operations as a whole, I I like I don't mind the move. I've been listening. I've I've been watching Blackhawks broadcasts recently on mute. Anyway, um, there's there's plenty of good younger people you can get in uh, that will age with the team, um, and I think that's what you want. You want like. Oh, there's, there's, there's candidates out there that make sense. Patrick Sharp, Kaylee Chelios. Um, but, uh, yeah, just move in a younger direction. And speaking of that, I would go even further, but we can address that at a later point. Yeah. I mean, you could have your next Foley and Talon or Foley and Olchek and you can have them start this season. Maybe exactly. Chris Foster's is around for the next 20 years and becomes, you know, a, a legend part of the franchise. Too. Or maybe yeah. he's gone in two years and someone else comes in. You know, who knows? Uh, the one thing I should mention is that it seemed like there was um, this whole situation came about because uh, there was an offer on the table. As, as There was a ton of reports all day long. And uh, I think every guy from the every guy and girl from the Blackhawks beat was on it that uh, there was an offer on the table. And it seemed like the Blackhawks thought they had an agreement in place and uh, Olchik never signed anything. So he didn't think it was fo- formalized. And apparently there was some sort of miscommunication or disagreement about compensation term. in terms of uh yeah, there like term was involved, and then also like if Olchek was gonna get paid for all eighty-two games or just like a just the ones he was going to do. There it just seemed like there was just constant miscommunication on both sides. And then Seattle showed up with an offer and he took it. So uh I feel like the the details of it should be explained out. Uh but swing it around to Betsy, see if she had any thoughts to add to our conversation i mean not really uh i'm like you guys i like eddie's fine uh the only the main concern of course is the placement you've got to hope that they at least do on par with him so you got to at least hit that like are they going to be fine and best case scenario what the reason i think people like eddie o so much is because of how good he was with foley so together they like vibed off each other so they just need to be able to find mm-hmm. somebody who can do the same thing off of who's coming in because there are a lot of tandems um in the league that like one guy is really good and then one guy's a dud so <laughs> you know just they just have to figure it out i don't mind them moving moving on from it i don't think that was like their choice but 
it doesn't sound like that's what they wanted, but it's not a bad move. Yeah, I think, if, I think if you wanted to be really cynical about it, you could uh, chalk it up as another bad PR move by the Hawks because it certainly hasn't been well-received today. Um, and I think you're seeing – I think part of this, honestly, is like I think because uh, some of the reaction you're seeing from a lot of Chicago sports media people um, – that's there seems like there's a lot of outrage among the radio people and and everyone else in town and i think a large part of that is just indicative of how much how well liked eddie olchick is among sure. the entire chicago media scene which is not a bad thing like I, like i said earlier like i've never met him but i've i've never heard anybody say anything bad about eddie olchick so, yeah i i um, also the thing that i keep reading though is people saying stuff like best hockey analyst on tv and i'm like well now you're just being hyperbolic <laughs> yeah it, it is uh, my my thing is it, it's a little bit weird like uh when 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 everything sort of was going down in the fall like it like eddie olchek was being seriously discussed for like a bigger role and people were like yeah he should he should be like a face of the, uh, the franchise so going from that to him having no involvement with the chicago blackhawks yeah. nothing on national tv at all anymore that's wild yeah that's true like i i think there was there were portions of the fan base that wanted him to be the general manager, which I'm, uh, I, I do. To, I do have something to throw out uh, on another Eddie Olchek front. Go ahead, Mill. So, so when the Hawks started getting good and winning cups, uh, obviously they started the sellouts and people had never been to hockey games before a lot of them. So they had the ushers with the little stop signs. So they wouldn't come into the game while the puck oh, was in yeah. play. And uh-huh. it had Olchek's face. And so they stop it here. Yes, yeah, stop it right here. Yeah. Now they don't really need to have that now since they're not going to have anybody at the fucking games. But <laughs> if they did, I'm trying to think of who would replace him. Uh, I don't. Maybe they'll just leave Eddie's face there as like a, a tribute. But I didn't even think about that. But that's a good point, Mel. You remember that because like yeah. back in the day, there was nobody there anyways. But if you just got up all the pucks in place, someone would just call you an asshole and tell you to sit down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh. Well, I guess we'll we'll find out next season when uh, we're we're at the United Center again. And I had another point related to all of this. But Derek said, King on the sign. <laughs> okay, Derek King. He'll be the new face of uh, not interrupting the flow of play. Correct. Um, yeah, I, I I just it's uh, I think it's 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 just going to be weird. Like it was already going to be weird without Pat Foley doing the play by play, and now no old chick around is just going to be more um more strange. I guess the. The, con- the the comparison that people I've seen make is like back in like the 80s and 90s as the NFL was rising to power, a lot of people credited John Madden with breaking down the game in a way that made it easier for the casual football fan to understand. And he's part of the reason why the NFL is so massively popular now. And people were trying to uh, making the comparison that Eddie Olchick was doing that for hockey in the 2000s and into the 2010s. Um, I'm not going to totally disagree or I like, I, I guess that I, I think that comparison is out there. I don't think it's a wholly unfair one, but I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if I can get entirely on board with that idea. Yeah. I think the fair comparison is, is Al Michaels to Doc Emmerich. Yeah. yeah I, I think true. most people just started watching hockey and that was the voice they heard. I don't think it has to do with them uh, transitioning from one guy to to Olchek. I mean, John Madden had done his own tour bus <laughs> and, and fast his, acting to acting and, and, and his, his own video game. And he, exactly. And, and a video game. That, yeah, that that's true. And he was in little giants. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, most shout out most famously in Little Giants. Yeah. Um the the yeah. annexation of Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is we don't have a tailback. Yeah, that's uh, very true. That's a deep <laughs> deep cut. All right. Well, uh I guess we could transition to like on ice stuff now. Um, because the Blackhawks on the first day of free agency, like everybody else in the NHL, did sign a bunch of players. Uh they brought in Max Domi from Montreal. They signed Andreas Athanasiu. Got it right. I was worried I was going to butcher that name. Where was he at last season? Was he in Detroit? Uh, L.A. Kings. L- Kings. That's right. He was with the Kings. I knew you he know was what? That's a good – to be honest with you, that's a great name for Chicago too. They finally got another Greek guy since Chelios. <laughs> there you go. Uh, they also signed Dylan Sakura, bringing back an old friend. Weird. And today, what seems like more of an AHL depth signing, and I've seen reports today that they signed a guy named Buddy Robinson – uh, that seems like another AHL depth thing, and I haven't seen the team confirm it yet. Uh, it was, I believe, Puck PD reported that, and they seem like a fairly legit source. But either yeah, way, that's, he was on the he was on the goals last year in the AHL. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's not one that you're going to be worried about at the NHL level. Also, Rockford brought back Adam. Uh, with NHL. this roster, you might be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What wasn't San Diego? Uh, isn't that where Kevin Deneen is? Dude, oh, yeah. sure. I I I. I could Shad Google it, but I'm not sure I care. All right, I'll Google it. What I got do you it. Think? He's he's a, he's a Blackhawk connected you person. Kevin Dineen seemed like a seemed like a fun fun guy, so I I won't say anything bad about Kevin. Dineen. No, it looks like uh, San Diego has Roy Sumner. Sumner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that was my next guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I don't know what all this. Uh, the, the main two names, I think, from that free agent class would be Domi and Athanasiu because those seem like the two guys who are actually going to play at the NHL level all next season. I mean, got yeah, one year without Zadorov, and then they bring out fucking Max Domi. <laughs> I'm right. sorry, you guys. Well, I can't. All right, go, back. go, go right ahead, Mill. I'm, I'm just going to let you speak your piece because you sound like you got thoughts. I pray to God he plays decent enough to flip at the deadline because I just can't stand that guy on the ice. He's such a jerk off. Like, seriously. It's true. I mean, there's not much else what to is, say. He's a weenie. What does Connor Murphy think about? <laughs> Connor Murphy, I feels like well, the type of guy who once you're his teammate, he's a, he's a good stand-up yeah. guy and will probably stick up for you. Well, but I would be like, fuck that guy. Well, they were teammates. Like Connor Murphy assisted on Ty, uh, Max Domi's first NHL goal when the two were in Arizona. Oh, in Arizona, yeah. yeah. So that was kind and, of before Domi went full diaper, though. Uh, when when Max Domi turned into his father. Yeah, yes. he had like his actual heel turn. <laughs> like, he, well, so it was was that have been before or after the seventy point season in Montreal that he had? Uh, I don't know. I didn't want. I don't watch Montreal, but uh, his <laughs> didn't his dad like some fan climbed into the penalty his, box and he fought yeah, him. His his uh, there was a guy in the crowd giving Ty Domi Max's father giving him shit, and the guy was like leaning he, over like, the glass, him like in. pointing. Ty Domi was squirted him with a water bottle and the fan was like leaning over the glass even more after getting <sighs> squirted in the face. And then the, the panel gave out and the guy landed in the box and complete was a completely, uh, uh, just left to, uh, had no way to defend himself. And Max Domi just pummeled, or excuse me, Ty Domi just pummeled him Too perfect. And, and apparently like, Leafs. and and I think if you look up that story, like, they're like buddies now. Like they went out and had dinner a few months later. Of course they did because Ty Domi is fucked up. And now (laughs) his kid's trying to be like that, but he's just an idiot. (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, I don't need you to run into guys and try to fight everybody. It's 2022 play the game. 
well. Yeah, enough. there's 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 really like physicality's fine, but you don't need to hurt guys on purpose. And also separate the puck from, like the, the, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, the intention of physicality now is to is not to hurt people; it's to separate the puck. Didn't we not have this discussion the last like ninety podcasts? <laughs> Probably. I'm pretty sure Betsy like has to give people some kind of rundown so they understand it, like in the comments. But it's Every, really, yes. it's really simple. Every single time, I'm just like, they're like, yeah, but look at the hits, and I'm like, look at where the puck goes. Look and when you hit, that means you don't have the puck. Or if you're doing it properly, like there was a perfect example that Sam Lafferty did towards the end of the year that I was like, look, that's what I'm talking about because he changed the angle of his hit to make sure the puck would pop the right direction. And sure enough, the Blackhawks got possession of it. You want to create after. turnovers, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But Dave Boland. Yes, Dave Boland. Anybody like Shaw when he was being smart. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> so, he did he did he a fair a- amount. He had some red ass moments himself. Oh my god, yeah. no kidding. He gave games. But actually, away he too, did but... he was one of the most efficient um like body contact or check of the Blackhawks getting possession after one of his yeah. like, or anything well, like that. Well, because Shaw was actually attacking the puck carrier. Yeah. Just sometimes well, he was like flying at him. <laughs> apparently, Andrew Shaw was very excited. Like he's been they they've been churning out uh didn't I'm pretty sure well, they played on the line together. Yeah, uh, they were teammates me? in Montreal. Well, oh, when Christ. when Shaw was on the I think they were only teammates for one season. Yeah. And that was Max Domi's best season in 18-19 when he had 28 goals, 44 assists, 72 points in 82 games played. I hope That's he a does pretty that good again. season. His shot his shoot percentage, yeah, his shot percentage was at 13.8, which is above his career mark of 10, so he was riding a little bit of a heater in that regard, but I mean, I mean it wasn't like it was the Hagel heater. Yeah. What was he, 22%? Yeah, something like that. Like, outrageous. Look, the whole, the or the, whole idea... Or the Bill Carlson. Yeah, whole, well, while, hey, let's respect <laughs> Wild Bill. He is the not whole, good at hockey, and he should have been he should have been the first on the training block. I am sorry, <laughs> but no, he should not be on this team while Max Jafferetti is gone. Whew. By this team, you mean not the Blackhawks? I, I mean, we. I mean, the, the I, my, my I, team. I know. My team. The, the good, the one who was supposed to be good, the, yeah. the one who didn't just trade Alex to bring. Well, yeah. So Shaw was a primary line mate for Domi and Druin that season. So yeah, they were they yeah. played together a lot. So that's that could be obviously coloring his opinion of the guy as <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Some rose colored glasses, and I like I made jokes about the Connor Murphy Max Domi stuff earlier, but I'm sure they'll get in the room and shake hands and be friends because hockey players are weird and tend to bury hatchets real quick. Although like, as one of you were saying, like if Max told me, or maybe all of you were saying like Max told me might do some stupid shit. That's really going to annoy you over the course of a season. Right. However, however, he does have a 72 point season on his career resume. If Patrick Kane is still around next season, you put him on a line with Patrick Kane for 60 games by next year's trade deadline. If he's at, you know, playing it like a up near a point per game pace, and they flip him for a second, third, make God, maybe even a first round pick. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So um, I, I guess uh, just grin and bear it for a while. For yeah, a I mean, you better hope Richardson doesn't play him with Taves and have him play in the third line and dungeon starts. Well, that, uh, well, that, if that's the case that he walks in free agency. The, the, so I was trying to explain to somebody on uh, second city that Patrick Kane usually ignores one of his line mates. Like he's usually like, I'm only, I only like one guy on my line that I'll play with. Like 
since yeah because he's just like, sitting there playing on the right wing yeah the only the only times that wasn't true was when he was with like Taves and Sharp um and stuff like that like back in the day like yeah that doesn't count though right yeah that, no I mean it feels like he 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 didn't ignore Strom or Debrinket yeah exactly and then Strom and Debrinket those are the those are pretty much because even when it was Richards and Versteeg and that line did really <laughs> well <laughs> he always ignored Versteeg or Richards he never like if you look back at their stats they didn't combine as a line very often production wise um occasionally the season before that in 2014 he did it with Shaw and Saad a little bit but not that line was nuts yeah and then when they did went to the playoffs it worked so that line but it was so sporadic and it was the same thing with Taves and Kubalik they would all connect together but it was sporadic because the lines weren't that wasn't a primary line but either way uh so you've got to hope that if he gets, if Domi gets put with Kane, that he is somehow the one that Kane focuses on. But then I was thinking, well, he's got to be because who's going to be the center? Lucas Who's nobody? Johnson Who, how many or centers Taves. Lucas Johnson, cool. Johnson Taves. Tyler I don't. Johnson. I don't know who's on the goddamn roster. So, <laughs> no. like, I'm being serious. Like, seriously, look at this fucking team, you guys. Like, yeah, Anthony well, C is good though. He's really fast. At least the, there's that. Yeah, uh, I I think I said this on Twitter, and I'm going to bring it up again. The best thing that Athanasiu ever did was in a preseason game five years ago when the Hawks signed Brandon Manning. Athanasiu just roasted him in the preseason for a goal and kind of just let everybody know, oh, Brandon Manning can't play. And I think by, like, the third or fourth month of that season, Manning was either traded or in he the He went to Edmonton. Yeah, they, sent, they, they traded him for Drake Kajula. For Kajula. Drake Kajula. Yep. That was a good so, trade, honestly. So that's... That's what that's my scouting report on Athens CU. Very fast, made Brandon Manning look silly once. Yeah, in but Brandon Manning looks silly anyways. That's true. But, but you're right, Dave. I mean, but that's what I'm saying is the guy's got wheels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put him put him with Lucas Reichel and uh, Phil Kurashev and w- watch that line. Skate. The fun boys. Return yeah, to I the don't, fun boys. Yeah, Athens CU never quite had the uh, didn't have the production numbers that. Max Domi did, but back in the 18-19 season in Detroit, he played 76 games. Had 30 goals and 24 assists. So yeah, he again, for say, Detroit. Yeah, say, and last season he had 17 points in 28 games with LA. So that's a decent. It's not pace. bad. Yeah. So I, I just the uh, the idea is with both Domi and Athanasiu the same thing. He's you a hope burner. they play. You hope they just catch lightning in a bottle for four or five months. Uh, get really good. Get really uh, bump up that trade value, and then in next year's deadline, they're flipped for picks and or prospects. They're gonna yeah, have to. I was gonna say they're gonna have to retain on at least one of them if you think about this so and they only have three contracts you can retain on and mm-hmm. Kane's gonna be the biggest chip at the trade deadline if he wants to go and you have to retain on him yeah so, they might have to retain more on Taves if they decide to deal him though <laughs> no that's what, what is- I'm saying so if you try to trade K- Kane and Taves and you there's no way either one of them are being moved without 50% you know retention let's, let's yeah. not joke um then you can only retain on one of those two guys that they just picked up. And I mean, Domi's not bad at his price, but. Yeah. Well, they're both like 3 million, everything. right? Yeah. Both. Yeah. Both. I mean, that's and not think, terrible. No, no. It, well, if, if the, it's one year for each player, yeah. which yeah. is it, it's, it, it works for the Blackhawks because you can ship them at the deadline without any issues. Or and, they then, walk. and it works. It works for the players too, because if they, you know, catch a heater and have a really good season and then get traded, go to the playoffs, have a good run, then maybe they cash in next summer 
exactly free agency. It's a it's a potential win win situation for well, yeah. everybody involved. I think both of those guys' agents saw that they're getting three million for a year and said, "You better take that." Yeah. Plus, and then you know, I I think both of them realize like, if I get on the line with Patrick Kane, there may not be a better way to maximize my production than skating with him. So no pun intended. <laughs> all you need is a all you need is a. Uh, a contender to lose like a third, a third liner to LTIR, and then they yeah. have money yeah. for these. Yeah. Guys. Any, anybody, Look, quite frankly, and and the Hawks will not be good next season, but somebody's no. got to score them goals. Somebody, they're not going to. That's news to me. <laughs> yeah, they could lose. They yeah, could lose. Does somebody have to score goals? I don't think so. They're gonna. Yeah, they're not gonna get shut out every night. I, I tell you what, we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick timeout, and then we're just gonna talk about whatever the hell it is the next couple of years are gonna look like. Uh so yeah. Uh, take a break with us and we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. And as promised before the break, we wanted to talk about, I'm not really sure where this conversation is going to go, but Obviously, the Hawks are tanking now, and uh, there is an article. It's probably still pinned somewhere on the homepage at Second City Hockey, secondcityhockey.com, that is, uh, where I rant against tanking. And it's going to be there forever because I feel like that is my hill that I will die on as long as I watch sports, that I hate tanking. I hate everything about it, the principle of it. But the Hawks are doing it. The milk has been spilled. There's no sense in crying about it anymore. So I guess we're just going to try and have just this open-ranging discussion on what these next few years are going to be like and what things you're going to be watching for. And, and just, uh, I guess how to kind of approach it from a, just, uh, to, to kind of keep an eye on the big picture and get an idea of maybe how long it's going to take or what clues will suggest that maybe this is going to start working quicker or maybe it'd be a shorter timeline than we all anticipate. And I guess my, the main thought that I have related to all of this and it, it's not a perfect comparison, but like we're always, I, I think there's going to be a lot of flashing back to the Hawks in the early and mid two thousands and all the pieces they assembled with, you know, they drafted Taves and Kane in six and in, in 06 and 07. But, you know, back in like Oh two, they got Keith and Crawford. I think Seabrook was in Oh three. So, and they traded for sharp at some point in there too. So they had some pieces in place and then Taves and Kane got drafted. It all came together at the perfect time and it all worked out. And it's, um, it's trying to envision what that's going to be like now. Like I think the most ideal setting is obviously that they win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, they lamp in next summer. And if that all happens, maybe this shortens how this is all going to work out. But I guess I'm going to start this off with Betsy. Cause you started talking about this in our little break here and I'll see if you have uh, thoughts on this, but I guess, is there any, do you have any sort of guide or timeline for how long you think this is going to take or, Maybe just a thought on what it will be that will suggest to you that, all right, maybe it's time for them to start winning games again. I guess wherever you want to take that question, go right ahead. Well, timing wise, 
somebody brought up a good point in Second City, and I think I mentioned on the podcast last time that every team except the St. Louis Blues had a first or second overall pick on their roster um, of winners over the last 10 years. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a single one of them won within five years of drafting said player. So it still took, mm-hmm. not, like, obviously, like a lot of those players can't, they can step right onto a team, but not all of them step onto a team that is good enough to support them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've seen that recently with a lot of first round picks. They have not been like instant, like sparks, like a Kane or a Crosby were. And even the ones that were like McKinnon, um, it's still the team just wasn't ready and built yeah. around him yet. And, and then you also then, had like Crosby ran into the Red Wings and Stamkos ran into the Hawks. So there's, there's, there's external circumstances along with the internal ones. Yeah. So I think you're looking at best case scenario, five or six years. And that's like, if everything goes right, they get okay, the guard, what- they tank for at least one more season, get a good pick in 2024. And they have like every prospect that they think is going to be good hit correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you say, when you say five or six years, you mean five or six years before they're going to win a Stanley cup again? Uh, no, no, I mean like content, maybe a contender. I don't know about winning. Winning is so okay. hard to do, but like being like, not just a playoff team, but maybe a playoff team that could make a little bit of a run. It doesn't even need to be like all the way to the final, but like two rounds at least, maybe even three, but like get there somewhere, you know, make it at least to the second or third round, um, get a good taste of mm-hmm. it. I just, I don't think there's any scenario where they could hope to be the Blackhawks when they drafted Kane and Taves, not just because there are very few players in the next couple of drafts that will be both Kane and Taves, you know, Bedard is obviously going to be great, but like 2024 looks decent, but I don't know if there's, you know, an equivalency player. Um, and not, not generational back. talents. Yeah. Like that, that's, and, you know, the, the Connor McDavid's and Patrick Kane's of the world. The foundational, yeah, the foundational players that will not only impact the NHL within three seasons, but be able to do so in such a high level that they can will a team, you know, as far as they can. They're the final pieces of an already decent stock, right? But the Blackhawks mm-hmm. also just don't have a great stock right now. So they would really, really need for a lot of kids to just really hit a home run. You know, they're going to need like, at least two or three kids are going to need Reichel are going to need um, Nazer. They're going to need uh, like maybe Slaggart needs to hit higher than uh, Lan- if Landon Slaggart could just turn into Dave Boland part. If two, he could, if he could, that'd be great. Least, yeah. If he could be like a two, three line player, boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then defensively, they're going to need Seth Jones to stay like as good or, you know, like he's got to stay where he was last season, if not a little bit better. Um, you're going to need Connor Murphy to sign maybe and keep doing well and be that like vet presence. I don't know where McCabe, I know he's only signed for four years. So his involvement is a tricky, both their, their, their involvement is tricky, but Murphy's got four more and McCabe's got three more and uh, McCabe Murphy and Jones were all born in 1993. I was looking this up for a thing I was going to write. So they're all pretty much the same age. They're all 29 or will be 29 by the end of the year. Well, yeah, Jones is turning 28. Yeah. yeah. So he'll Oh, be- yeah. You know what? I think they were born in 90, a, a different, I, I was looking at a different year when I wrote that. So maybe the only reason I remember Jones's age is because every time people bring up 
like they compare him to other younger defensemen that signed similar contracts. I'm like, there's like a four year difference people. <laughs> there's, there's not the same thing, <laughs> but either way, um, I think that they have to figure out. So Jones isn't going anywhere barring like an, un, like a big, big trade, but so you've got to, they've got to hit on seriously, like four other kids that just have, like, mm-hmm. that's a big, that's a big yeah. thing. Like, are you going to run into if we're, making the Colorado um, idea because Eric Johnson, you could say is maybe ish Seth Jones, like top four guy that could at least stay there, but are they going to hit on a Macar? Are they going to be able to find a Gerard? Are they going to be able to find a Taves, a Devin Taves? Uh, find a Taves in free agency. Yeah. Well, they or trade, they trade, yeah. trade. ridiculous. Yeah. Two second round. Picks. Two, two second yeah. Round. yeah. Um, are they going to be able to find those types of players? So there's all these moving pieces. So again, it's got to be five or six years, at least minimum of them even being in the conversation of a decent team in the playoffs and maybe going far. And I don't even know if that, it feels like that they're, they're like approaching this, that it's going to be like an eight, Man, 10 that's... year kind of thing. Like they, like it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Like that's the only reason you don't build around to bring it when he, if their deal is like five or six, he would totally still be in, like those years where he's really, really good. So yeah, I just, hell, hell I, he, at 24, a, a, an eight year rebuild, it's like, oh yeah, Debrinkat still makes sense with our plans. 32 year old Debrinkat still going to be able to score a goal. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think how, how old is like Landeskog? He's, um, <laughs> he's got to be at least the at same age as me. He's 20. Yeah. I was going to say he's more, he's 29. Okay. So he's turning he's near 30. 30. There you go. So yeah. Shay, uh, I, I, I have a thought that I, I wanted to respond to build up what Betsy said, but Shay, I'm going to let you go next. Go right ahead with wherever you want to steer this. If there's a draft to be bad in, this feels like the draft because all three of the people at the top, all three of the guys at the top are guys who in this draft would have gone first overall unanimously. Yeah. Um, and like, this like selecting Mitch kind of hurt you because he, he won't be able to come over until like 2025, 26, because he's signed in the KHL. And even then, looking at what the KHL has done recently, is he going to have... Well, yeah, you to- know what? That's going to be a fascinating thing to watch because um, just with everything going on with Russia right now, um, yeah, like that's... I wonder if that's going to hurt that kid's draft stock just because that's... it's um, when, when there's things happening in the world outside of sports, sometimes the people involved in sports get roped into that, so... Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, he's he's probably the second best prospect overall in this draft. It's just, uh, is, are the Blackhawks going to be biased towards a guy in the USHL who they can scout, right? <laughs> who's playing for Chicago, the Chicago Steel, and they can just go watch five minutes. Yeah, and, and, that, and that you probably. and you know you're going to get him eventually. Like yes, yeah, that that's that that'd be a hell of a thing. You draft a guy second overall, you're expecting him to be the franchise, and he never even makes it over. Yeah, that's why Kirill Kaprizov, who was better than his draft stock, was taken, what, the sixth round? Like, yeah. There's a reason guys are low on Russians. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I I can see this being a long-term rebuild. Um, unfortunately, I can see this being uh, – I can see this being a short-term rebuild. But either way, I saw something interesting on Twitter today, which was that, like, the GM who – drafts the guys is probably not the GM who's going to end up <laughs> lifting the cup. Cause look at what oh, Dale Talon did. Yeah. And then and Mike Smith raised the cup. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah. he was he was like in, in the organization. No, he wasn't in the organization that year because they the players called him from the locker room in 2010 in Philly. I remember that story. Yeah, you're right. I'm I, my mistake. Yeah, but yeah, but your 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 point stands though that like the people who was like Kyle Davidson may not be the it's GM. Probably not going to be the GM who lifts the Stanley Cup when the when this eventually yeah. hopefully pays off. Yeah. Uh, Mill. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off yet. Any other? No, the Mill. Then Mill. I'll swing it around to you. All right, so between now and 2025, there's some pretty good free agents. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay's Brent Seabrook will be coming <laughs> off the books. Uh, Sidney Crosby in 2025, Miko Rantanen, uh, Tavares, Dreisaitl, Keep, uh, keep going down that list in 25 because th- I was looking at this Sunday night. It's actually nuts, for real. And th- like, uh, it's, all, it's all the Toronto guys. So if that thing what? falls apart in 20, 2020. Which it will. It um, will. Yeah. Austin Matthews and uh, Michael Neal or Michael Nylander. Will uh, Nylander will be there. The yeah. good Nylander. The good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, here's the thing. I think that I agree with what Betsy and Shay said. Um, you know, it could be like until they're very good again, it could be a long time. And that might not just be because of a rebuild, like the rebuild has to go right for them to be good. Mm-hmm. There's some luck involved and all that. I think if you really bust ass, you could probably become a playoff team within four years. Like, I'm not saying a good playoff team. I just mean, like, make the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe five years. But, like, to be, like, a legitimate team, the problem is, and, and again, this is kind of what Fessy said, is, like, it's not just that you have to have these top picks. They have You have to strike on them. And it's, like, it's sometimes you could have the number one pick and it just the guy not might not be that good. Yeah. Although um, again, hard to say. again for next year, like all the, it it sure seems like everything like Connor McDavid was hailed as the next great thing for like from the age of like fourteen. I mean, he and is, he, and he and he got drafted, and he was that kid. So, but, like, but they it's, also it's, didn't build ahead. a good team. No, they didn't exactly. But yeah, that that's the other side of it is like you have to build a good team around him. I just th- this is the thing I keep coming back to, and again, like I I feel like we're going to keep going back to the Hawks from the mid two thousands, but they should almost be observed as more of the exception than the rule. Like if you keep, like, if you look at how quickly that all came together, like after yeah. they drafted Taves and Kane and because Keith oh, and, yeah. and Sharp were already there, like it's not supposed to happen that fast. Um, but, but at this, but at the same time, like I like, like next season's going to be bad. Like, so the 22 yeah. to 23 season will be terrible. 23 to 24 might be a little bit better. Um, but I, I, I just, if, if I, I, my thought is that if in like the 2024, 2025 season, if they're not at least competing for a playoff spot, I think that's a red flag because, because like I, I, and this is the, the other side of the thing that I'm struggling with right now is like, there's been a lot of talk about not rushing prospects because of how many guys they did rush. Right. But at the same time, like, I Who feel the like fuck's have, on the team. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like, I feel like you need to have some sense of urgency within the organization to make it go as quickly as, and like quickly, but intelligently, I guess I'd say. Cause it's just, right. if you let, if you let these guys try to develop forever, you're going to end up like hey. the Edmonton Oilers again. You're, you might have a right. couple stars, but you're not going to have a full on roster. It's like, like like, let me throw this out to you in that respect. Like, it, it's the way it seems to me. This is just my opinion, of course. It seems like they want a an extremely hard reset. Like, 
Yeah. The organization left everyone with a bad taste in their mouth. Mm. Let's just completely burn it down. The problem with that is uh, the previous regime tried to be competitive with not complete rosters year after year after year. Mm. So now as fans, you're looking at it like, well, what the fuck? This is going on how many years of them being shitty? Yeah. Like right? they Doesn't that they, seem like the why you want urgency? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's certainly part of it. Like, cause they haven't, except for the, the asterisk postseason that they had in 2020. But even so, was, yeah, like, 2020. it's even making the play, like they got their clocks clean. Yeah. Yeah. They won a qualifying game they, and they got the actual playoffs and got their, Corey Crawford got them one. Yeah. So, but it's just, I, 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 I feel like there, there's just like, it's, it's a, it's a tightrope to walk, but it's like the line between being patient and then being like too, too patient. Like I, I, I think there should be like, it should be communicated to all the prospects. Like, like we want you to develop, but we want you to have the urgency that you should want to be on the Blackhawks like this season. Obviously all those guys are going to go back to college juniors or whatever. But like there, there, there should be some. I feel like there should be some sense of urgency because if in three or four years we're still talking about the Hawks drafting number one or into the draft lottery again, like in the summer of twenty twenty five, like how I feel like that, like there will be calls for Kyle Davidson's head or for his job, I should say. Sorry, not his head. That's a little. Well, <laughs> it's hard. This city is weird because I don't know how much stock they put into the other teams. But you look yeah. at a team like the Bears or the the Cubs or the even the Sox over the years, and it's kind of like a similar thing. Well, I, yeah. I think. Well, I'll make one point, Shane, and then I'll bring it back to you. Like, just the idea is like because if you wait too long, you turn into the Buffalo Sabers or the Arizona Arizona Coyotes. Well, but they never won shit, though. The thing is, the Hawks no, can sell some. Maybe not sell tickets, but they can sell themselves on the past. Which sucks. Well, yeah, but, they but, do but, but I, I feel like that's good. You can only, ha- there's only so many guys that can have a, take one more ship. Shay, go ahead with what you were going to say. Yeah, this city doesn't have a lot of patience because, like, the, the, the alternative uh-huh. is they, they could be the Ottawa Senators. And the, the Ottawa Senators were bad. I, I think people forget how long the Ottawa Senators were really bad. And they just have arguably the best offseason in hockey. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're going to be good. Well, tell me about yeah. it. So like it does like if if you have a competent enough GM, which apparently it turns out Pierre Dorian was this entire time, um, you you like you can get a payoff and and you can use some of those assets to become the team you want to be. Which again, Ottawa is now. Ottawa, I think Ottawa's an actual contender. Well, uh, I, I, let me I, let me see them contend before I before I believe that. But they're definitely on the way up. Okay, I would well, can I throw this out there though? No, Ottawa, Ottawa Sorry, was no, no. I was gonna say Ottawa was in the conference final in Game Seven overtime in what 2017? Yeah, when they lost to the Pens. Yeah, that was five years ago. So I mean, five years. Yeah, but they know. were they were arguably bad back then, and they just lucked into it because Eric Carlson was a generational defenseman. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm Car- not disagreeing with them. Carlson, I'm not saying they were great. Carlson saying, and Craig Anderson caught a heater, and they but they definitely the burned it down. Oh yeah. yeah. So I mean, it can be. Yeah, but they, can be done. They, got, they got pieces for their burn down. <laughs> You're right. The Blackhawks well, are not, not great. I, not, not great pieces. I think I keep going back to this Chicago thing, and I know they're different sports, but it's like when you look at a team like the Bears, it's like the Bears own the city. But, I mean, look at how, how quick the Trubisky thing ended, right? And it's like, 
I'm not saying he's going to be great going forward, but I'm just saying like, okay, now Justin Fields there. He's a great quarterback too. Talented guy. But the, it, it's like reset after reset. Same with well, like yeah. the – it took yeah. the Sox and the Cubs both in different timelines well, years to build. Well, and, that, and speaking of the Cubs, though, like I feel like that's another rebuild that set unrealistic expectations for rebuilds in general because of how well that one worked. They also had yeah. maybe the best executive in the history well, of baseball running that operation. Yeah, and if they wanted and to he, pay who, anybody, they could still yeah. be competitive. True, but like you know, they got their title. Uh, you know, they they brought a guy from Boston and Theo Epstein who had done it in Boston, and they brought him to Chicago and he did it again. Uh, you know, Kyle Davidson yeah. does not have that resume. Maybe he'll get that resume. Right. But um, it's also the Hawks won three in the last decade. But yeah, I just, I, I, I guess it's just like, I, I feel like the, the, the legs on that are going to start. They've already started running out. I feel like I'm really bit. looking at the other teams as more of a fan perspective, though, what not you, from the hockey ops. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead you think, so first, the reason I say that the Eric Car- like the senators got decent things back is because the Eric Carlson trade yielded the pick for um, Tim uh, Stutzel. Yeah, yeah. Tim and they also got Josh Norris for that trade. But they that's like yeah. for trading Mark Stone and Eric Carlson, they got Tim Stutzel and Josh Norris and some of their other pieces turned into picks and stuff though that I think are kids in their system that they've they're mature. Like you'd have to go through trade trees to figure it out. Cause nothing they got back. Yeah. Like they got the one Kachuk on in the draft, yeah. right? Which one? The, the Kachuk son, the garbage, the oh. younger one. Right. Yeah, but- <laughs> yeah. He's a good player, but I mean, he's a garbage son. You know? <laughs> he's, he's the worst of the two. That's true. But so I was like, you were sitting there saying Dave earlier that you were like, um, that the, the, you know, Will the fans get upset if it takes too many years drafting in the top however many? Mm -hmm. Well, literally just looking back at Colorado, they drafted top 10 for three out of the five seasons between 2000 or drafts between 2011 and 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, They traded away their first round pick in one of those. So they didn't have anything, but I think they finished in the top. Like they, I don't know if they made the play. I don't remember if they made the playoffs that year. And then uh, they made the playoffs in, in 13, 14. Yeah. So, well, two, yeah, but they, they had literally just got Nathan McKinnon the year before. Okay. That. So like, okay. 2013 was the year that they drafted McKinnon. So if they made the playoffs and they got Landis Gog in 2011. So 2012 was the year that they didn't have um, a first round. And then 2014, they finished like later in. So their, their, their first round pick was uh, that bleakly kid that never did anything. Yeah. They had, so like if you go, there was a, they had, there was uh, in 2010, they made the conference quarterfinals. Then from 11 to 17, they only made the playoffs once in Colorado. And that was in 14 with Patrick Wass first year. And they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, so they had a seven year stretch where they did not win a playoff series. Yeah. Yeah. But like, and then they also were in the top 10 for draft picks in 2016. I forgot about Jost. And then they hit Cal McCarr in 2017. So like they were picking in the top 10 for like, like eight drafts in a row. So it took a oh, while boy. for them yeah. to collect well, kids, and they didn't hit on any all of them because they, they kind of got like, set back too. Yeah, I mean a little bit, but like they had they had like five. They they had another top eleven pick in one of those yeah. years, the well, Landeskog year, and he didn't hit at all. I mean, yeah, here, Betsy, they had in, in twenty eleven. They were 
Landis Cog second, Duncan Siemens was 11th, and he played 20 NHL games. Yeah. And then they had McKinnon number one in 13. And 14, they had tw- the 23rd pick, that Connor Bleakley, who never made it to the NHL. And then Miko Rantanen at 10 and 15. Tyson Jost at 10 and 16. Kale McCarr number four and 17. And that seemed to really kick everything into high gear. And well, they so, had Byram in 2019. And, 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 and to yeah. make the Hawks comparison, like, I think Sackick retired in 08 or 09, something like that. But uh, Milan McCulloch was like their captain through, what, 14? <laughs> yeah. Something, well, something maybe not 14, 11, 12, something like that. So it's like, uh, like Betsy's saying, by the time they brought in Landeskog, they were just getting rid of the rest of the pieces from whoever was left from their cup from 01, which is a decade later. Yeah. You know? That's, uh, I tell you what, looking at Colorado's history, uh, up and that's, down. That's up scary. Down. Well, but that's, that's scary as hell. Cause like, well, they tried to, I mean, they had, they had one, the one good season in Was first year. And, but other than that, you're pre, it's pretty much a seven year dearth of anything resembling well, the last hockey. two years they should have gotten farther in the second round though no no but no, i'm talking from 11 to 17 oh yeah, okay, we're, ta- we're talking about before, just like before they actually started process. making the because th- this is like yeah yeah like, yeah because i i guess like, no, i got you i got you i think davidson said in a press conference once he's like if it takes five years it'll take five years and i don't know and maybe we'll get a chance well, to ask him at some point but i don't know at- if he means five years before we're going to compete for a cup again or five years before we're just going to make the playoffs. Well, if you look at that time span too, it's like in their own fucking division, the Hawks went to cups, the blues won a cup, the stars went to one the year before yeah. or two years, two years before uh, Nashville went to a final. It was like, everybody was fucking good. Yeah. That's, that is, that's the external circumstances involved. Like any, anytime the Hawks, whenever the Hawks get good again, like I imagine that Colorado ship will still be sailing I, pretty well. So that's I just want to throw to take over. eventually. I want to throw something out there before we start wrapping this up. I saw on Twitter uh, and I saw a few of these, but there was some, some young lady who was a big Hawks fan and uh, I'm not going to say her Twitter handle. Cause I don't remember it, but I felt <laughs> bad. I felt bad for her. She came up with my feet. I don't follow her, but it was like her closet and it was like authentic, like nice jerseys. It was like Hegel, <laughs> Doc, Debrinket, like all these guys. And I'm like, you know, the Hawks were so good for so long that people became attached to the team, but they wanted, you know, the, you know, who's new, who's hot, whatever. And I think it's going to be a long time before anybody can spend money on a jersey, <laughs> like with yeah. a name. It's going to yeah. be a while. So if, if, if it's five years, it's five years. I don't like know. I just, said. I, I I feel like man, if it's it's five years before they make the playoffs again, that's going to be. I just. I I struggle to see how that like if if it takes five years, I feel like it's going to take fifteen. Like there's going to be a second yeah. round of rebuilding. Well, fuck! I mean, in five years, how old are we all going to be? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. No. Yeah, exactly. So I know <laughs> the answer to that. Yeah. So my my whole point being like it seems like forever for us, but like. What can they do? They have to win the boy auction every year. <laughs> God, the boy auction. I mean, I it's guess, true, right? Yeah, I, I know. I guess, I guess the the other the the way to answer this for me would be that um, the one of the shorter routes back to contention is that some of the last few drafts of Stan Bowman will have to yield some NHL worthy players. So that's like. Alex Vlasic, they're they're pumping the Alex Vlasic tires a little bit. I've noticed. 
Um, it seems like their the organization's pretty high on him, but like Alex Vlasic probably needs to pan out. Lucas Reichel needs to pan out. I'll be uh, honest, Mitchell with you needs guys, to pan out. As a Hawks, like following the Hawks for so many years, it's hard to get excited about somebody who's not at the NHL level because how many guys? <laughs> you know what I mean? Even yeah. guys who played in the pros, they traded after a year. Yeah. or two. it's like no, it's hard yeah. for me to get excited. For sure, I, I'm I'm right there with you. That's why I like. I, I'm I'm very patient on Alex Vlasic. It's I I don't have any thoughts on one one way or the other. It just it does seem like there's a there's been a little bit of a, they're putting his name out there a little bit. But for are us, they gonna or, rush him? Yeah, I I mean he did. They didn't send him back to Rockford for the playoffs, which that was like a no. sign to me of yeah. But like look at what. Okay, so every time they're like a short sample because his was well, like like little under 20 games, I want to say, right? Like 18. I think, yeah, I it's think like the last bur- quarter of the year. Yeah. I think he burned his ELC. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He years. definitely did. But I, I mean, that was the point, but like they, they keep having these short sample defensemen that were like, Oh, he looks fine in that. Like Cal Yannick was a perfect example. He looked better than Stillman and Jones combined in any iteration in that one sa- that little sample he had. And yet he never came back up from the AHL. Yeah. For what it's worth, I definitely think he was better than Stolman and Caleb <laughs> oh, Jones. Too. I, I don't like I know it's a small sample size, but like you know, you guys know the things that I look for. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, I think this, this guy can fucking move. I that's totally my point was though that they sometimes look at these small samples, and the same thing happened to Yoki Haru, Forsling. Um no, you're totally right, Betsy. You're totally right. Like they show up for like a quarter of the season, and you're like, oh, cool. And then they they fucking they take them to the room long. and yeah, okay. they they they, they don't show up ever again. They take and them out back. Instead of sticking with the plan of putting them back in the development league and like working on certain things that they need. I don't know if like Rockford is like the place. Hopefully you're thinking that they've done something that will help make that not the place where defensemen go to like die. It's where careers go to die. It's, 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 the, it's the dark hallway in Boy Meets World where Stuart Minkus and Mr. Turner showed up. Oh my God. <laughs> and they're like, hey, there they are. So you just, you've got to hope that they've done something there, but, but otherwise in most normal teams, that's the path it would have been. You stay on, you, you don't let them come up before they're ready. Even if they show off in a sample size, you have to like do you better. Have to monitor that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll uh, I'm, I'm gonna pull this up as I'm talking, but I know Duncan Keith spent at least one full season down in the AHL before he came up to the NHL. Uh, if yeah, and spent, Jonathan was down there had, for a while. Gra- granted, for for Keith, the second year was the lockout years, and and then he spent a few seasons up at the NHL level before he became well, Norris Trophy winning. Keith Duncan and Hammer Keith. both had bad years after their first year too. Yeah. And Seabrook spent uh, – Seabrook played all of three games in the AHL. So Yeah, but Seabrook was also like – I think I think he was uh, more realized, like, for him. Not better than, but just like um, like his package was – that's a weird phrase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he, well, part of it's because he was physically more mature. Yes, he was, exactly. He was so. a pretty big kid. Or because the, the team was so shitty when he started, he was buying so many nacho plates that they're like, well, well he's I mean, keeping us in business. Well, I mean, the team's going to be really shitty now, so I guess maybe this isn't a bad time to 
play up. The bad thing about when those other kids that I was mentioning came up, that they were still trying to win, like the rebound right. that they kept up, Yoki Haru. Right. They're like, oh, maybe he can help us win. Well, that's what I was going to say is like a lot of times when people were criticizing mistakes that some of these young guys make, young defensemen especially are going to make mistakes at the pro mm-hmm. level. It's just part of it. Like, you know, not everybody's Kale McCarr, and I'm sure he's even had his couple of mistakes that are not pretty. But it's better to do it when they're going to be playing a, a season that doesn't matter and just let them get used to the game. And speed. I can't remember if it was Keith or Seabrook or both of them, but I feel like one of them talked about their first years as professionals when they played under former Hawks coach Trent Yanni. Yeah, it was that, 05, 06 that, year. That, yeah, that Yanni just like threw him out there and just let him play and let him figure it out. And they said yeah. that they very much appreciated um, that they learned so much that year just knowing that if they make a mistake, they're going to get back out there. Um, it doesn't matter that like they're going to, they're going to make mistakes, but they know that that's not going to be the end of their careers. Yeah, and they were playing they with were a allowed, coin and Vandermeer. Yeah. They were going to be allowed to tread water for a while before they figured they learned how to swim. Essentially. Yeah. Well, like, and we're going to dive into that water metaphor. Makar, he spent two more years in, in college. Yeah. In college before he even set foot in the NHL. And, and I guess the other point kind of related to all of that we talked to is that, uh, another person who's going to be very important in this whole process is the new coach, Luke Richardson, and how he develops the young guys uh, that, that are going to be playing. So I know, Shay, we haven't heard from you a while. I mean, uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts based off everything else we said, but uh, I, I imagine Luke Richardson's role in this rebuild is going to be just almost as important, if not more important than all the players, too. Yeah, he has to actually be willing to play the kids, which is something his assistant <laughs> coach, now Derek King, was not could not prove willing to do. Um, Cause like, this is now very firmly, very clearly a team that is not trying to win, but in fact, trying to develop their, their kids. And while a lot of those kids will be in Rockford with Anders, um, some of those kids and should rightly should be up with the Blackhawks. Cause who, who else is going to play on this roster? Um, so you yeah. It, and me. <laughs> is he, is he willing to play those guys and, and play them over people like Juhar Kara and other people who exist on this roster, but like, Oh, he's still here. Nearly uh, as important. Jujar uh, Kara is still under contract. He was under. He's yeah. he's uh, uninjured reserve at the end of the season, and I don't haven't right. seen any I updates know who on his he is, So that's progress for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, so go ahead, yeah, Sarah. like it, it, like he if he's not willing to develop or he doesn't develop well, then we're going to have a problem because yeah. that that well, you're right. That is a crucial thing. So if I, he's not developing and making players better, then. I can't imagine that they're not going to play kids next season. Like that, that would be unfathomable to me if they bring up Alex Vlasic and he plays eight minutes a night. Like that's just, if, if I, I just, there's just, that can't, there's no way that could happen. Like I would, I would be, I will be losing whatever is left of my hair. If uh, that happens. While next Seth season. Jones plays 33 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, honestly, guy, like you might want to like put Seth Jones on a, a minute clock just to, preserve him for the the back half of his contract. I mean, no kidding. The fucking yeah. guy was playing 25. He was playing Keith minutes last year for real. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting few years. Like I, I hope that there's at least, I, I think the, the biggest thing that the team will need, the, the team will need to keep 
you know, a, a lot of fans are going to go away. That's just the nature of a rebuild. People are going to go away, and I don't fault any of them for doing that. I tuned out the White Sox for two or three years while they were doing their rebuild. I'm sure plenty of Cubs fans did the same. But I think for, for the people who are hanging around and, like, the four of us, it's kind of our job to kind of – I wasted my fucking time watching those Cubs teams. <laughs> well, well, Mill, hope, hope you've had better things to do now. But I mean, gotta, just, Yeah, I, I, that much better. Gotta, there's just got to be something – some of the young guys need to need to emerge somewhere. Like even if it's just Kevin Korchinski going to the WHL and having a hundred point season, or Nazar maybe is it Nazar 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 Nazar. If Nazar goes to Michigan and wins the Hobie Baker, like they what about need- Kaiser? When's he coming? And he's uh. I think he's going back to Minnesota next year. Yeah, he's going to go back to Duluth. From what Betsy yeah. showed me and told me about him, that's going to be my favorite player. That's a, I, just, that's I an, like him. That's so. another – and that's another player. Like maybe that's another uh, Stan Bowman draft pick that ends up working out for the next GM. But If they uh, like skaters, he's a great well, skater. I sure they, – they said that's all they – you guys that's know how the, I feel that's about all defensemen. Richardson's talked about. That's all that Davidson has talked about is having guys who can skate. So You guys know how I feel about defensemen who know how to ice skate. <laughs> you just have also, to hope, hope also this, a big this fan. translates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think that's uh, – and I, and I think, you know, every prospect that is with the organization now that develops and becomes an NHL player in the short term, that takes a little bit uh, – takes a, a little bit longer – uh, takes a little bit of time off the rebuild on the back end, and it brings it closer and closer to playoff contention. Because, as you were talking about Mill with that, like I, I guess what the my ideal situation is that by the end of the twenty four twenty five season, there's enough progress amongst the young kids that they're able to be like, all right, let's go get one of these big fish in free agency like the right. Blackhawks did with Brian Campbell in 2009. Right. And, and, and I know then, I was kind of joking, but that's a serious thing. They do have yeah. to get somebody. Like, so you, you spend the next three years building up, maybe even like flirt with a, a chase for a wild card spot in, in the 24-25 season. Well, shit. I mean, look at, like you said, Toronto, but also look at like a Colorado or even a Vegas, sorry, Shay, or anybody like who's going to have cap stuff going on. Yeah, like the next, the, the cap's going to be flat for a few more years. And then they think it's going to start going back up again, but there's going to be some casualties. <laughs> they, so, so they say. So, so they <laughs> yeah, say. Right? Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I'm just going to close out with. Uh, I hope my boy Wyatt Kalina gets some uh, pro ice time next year. You know what I think the the I wouldn't say the, the issue with him, but I think the reason why the Hawks let him walk is because he's already 25. I think that was a big part of it, just his age. Yeah, but that's okay. But he can play somewhere. True. Yeah. Caleb Jones is 25. <laughs> yeah, but Caleb Jones' older brother is making a billion dollars <laughs> for the Hawks. Yeah. yeah, I got 72 million reasons why Caleb Jones is hanging around. Uh, well, like, uh, hey, Dave, I'm not resigning unless you bring Steve aboard. <laughs> Although, Steve, I'm not comparing Steve to Caleb Jones. That's, that's wretched. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would uh, never. I hope he doesn't hear this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think this is going to be our last one for a while. Uh, I don't have any food thoughts uh, or a food take. Does anybody else have any food thoughts before we uh, put a bow on this one for a while? Don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Good. If anybody Good. knows what reference that's from, tweet it to me. Okay. Is that mill 182 folks? Not this time, but one of our next ones, like when we get is like, uh, we should do a TikTok. Or Insta story like 
food bender because there's so many like takes. The one that I saw recently that I was like, that's just pizza complicated was cooking pizza toppings separately and then cooking the pizza crust in a way that oh the hell with that you like scoop it onto it or dip it into it and i'm like that's extra work like why are you making pizza harder so like like you make the crust and then like you dip it in the sauce you make the crust and you make it like uh crunchier so you you essentially like i think the people were like deep frying them a little bit so that they you know were scoopable and i was like you're making like pizza nachos but not quite that and sounds I like I, I honestly this just sounds like breadsticks to me look if i'm cooking food i want to have what i'm drinking i don't want it to be complicated <laughs> let's be honest here but anyway there's a ton of those on that are like just you're like will this work why does this work i don't understand and yeah those are the types of things that we should we should just everybody pick like one that we see or you don't even have to go to tiktok um i was gonna say but i'll put you in charge of uh, tiktok betsy because i've decided I'm too <laughs> like like so. an insta stories will do i will too. have i will have my younger family members solicit yeah, dave and i are old old guys yelling at cloud literally the same age as you both. <laughs> no i know but, I but was, you're not but you're not yelling at clouds <laughs> not yet <laughs> You might be. Honestly, by the end of the season, we're all going to be yelling at everything. <laughs> yeah, sure. no kidding. Uh, Shay, do you have any other parting food thoughts before we uh, imb- disembark for the summer? Eat an apple pie. Have some fun. Honestly, like summer, summer is arguably the worst food season. See you in the summer fall. The worst season ever in general. Well, that's just because the two of you are far too close to the equator. That sounds yeah. it's a hundred and it's been a hundred and it'll continue to be a hundred consecutively forever. Well, <laughs> for lack of I a just, for I think all of mainland Europe is on fire right now. Like yeah. England, it's like a hundred degrees. Uh, I almost said a hundred. No, it's Celsius. like it's here's the thing about England. As 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 a person who's eventually moving to Scotland, I, I like I this is my understanding of it. They are only at like 90 degrees, but because their buildings are not built for it, because 90 degrees is like record temperatures in England, uh, and they their their walls are not breathable. They're like it's a it's all really well insulated. Insulated. They're built for like 30 degree weather. It's horrible there. Like AC is not a common thing there. Like I, I think just if you look at the guards at Buckingham Palace. That tells you this is a people that never had to deal with hot weather before. Because this if is they the people did, who like the rain. So yeah, somebody would have figured out at some point that maybe we shouldn't be wearing all this shit. <laughs> right. Heavy yeah. jewelry. Heavy jewelry is a thing yeah. of the royalty. Like that, yeah. that's that's not a thing that you do if you're living in San Antonio. Yeah. Um I, I the the take that summer is the worst food to I I the the worst food season. I don't know because it's hard to cookout. Cookouts are pretty great. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I've I mean, already been the, to a few. We'll bet if we'll be to several more. My yeah, but the only desserts you can have are cold. Like what? Yeah. Like, I mean, how many? How many better desserts there are there that are warm though? Or I prefer, I prefer, I think, ice cream to everything. Do you, I say, do you know how many different ice cream flavors there are, Betsy? Like, it's, it's, I do love ice cream. <laughs> yeah, but I love pie so much. <laughs> I don't know, like, like taste, taste of Chicago. There's like, you get, I mean, I don't love festivals, but you get some fucking awesome food to try. I would there's argue a, that that spring is a better ice cream uh, season because you just survived the winter and now you get to celebrate. Also, that's fair. Also, while ice cream is 
obviously good in hot weather. You sure don't want to be out in a hundred degree weather. No, no, don't go outside. <laughs> like I'm, the no, I drove outside. through Dairy Queen the other day. I had an air on. I'm sitting outside right now and it's quite lovely. Except I'm actually, Dave, congrats on your lights, by the way. They look great in that picture you posted. Oh, thanks, Phil. What'd you say? Summer is only worth it at night, but then you have to like contend with the bugs, which is not some. I just I don't like. <laughs> we already we Look, all know my we, we, Betsy, uh, Betsy, you gotta understand where Dave and I are. It's a hoodie and shorts year round. It's either snowing or a hundred, <laughs> and we just got used to it. Yeah. It's really dumb. It's like really fucking <laughs> stupid. You guys joked that I I went to Florida recently and I think Dave said something like, So you're going you want to go somewhere hotter than where you are? It was actually cooler. Was it better? There. Um, <laughs> what part did I you like were you north or south? I was in West Palm Beach. Oh, okay. Um, I, I and feel I like- did. I did walk around in like what is essentially like the wetland. So it was like very, very humid and right. very, very. Sticky. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I feel like Florida's not hotter. It's just stickier. <laughs> it's about. I was honestly about the same sticky level as okay. like Fair Georgia. Enough. Georgia can get, but maybe not. If you if you go into the wetlands, it'll get obviously grosser. But I also had like a little personal. I got like a beautiful little personal fan that the like battery stick of it lasts for like i, th- I think they said like 10 hours and you can use it as a, fo- a phone charger too so that's what, i probably look like such an idiot i was just out there like i'm not gonna let i'm gonna have my personal breeze you can't stop me <laughs> i i will be my own air conditioning if i have to yeah when I mean, my air- the united summer over the years now yeah. all right well uh there, there's all your food thoughts to for the rest of you to take for the uh, for the the rest of the off season. Um, but uh, I, I guess the only thing I would say is just uh, have cookouts because cookouts are great. If you're if you're in a, a, a climate more appropriate for it, I guess. Hey, Fourth of July just passed. We had a great cookout, so I hope you guys did too. Yeah, uh, I, had, I had one, but uh, we had one a week after for a totally different reason. But it was it was. Hey, different. it's all the same to me. Food exactly. is food. I don't care about what holiday it is. Exactly. I was in West Palm over Fourth of July. That was fun. So it was for a baseball tournament. I didn't know anybody else there. Um, and all the parents were older than me. <laughs> well, it's t- just for reference before we close it out. Today's July 18th. My neighbors finally ran out of shit to blow up. <laughs> there is there. There is nothing more suburban oh. than people shooting off fireworks. Yeah. Weeks after the 4th of July. So we, we went up to the like, like, I don't know, the like 10th floor of our, our hotel and literally just looking out at the skyline of West Palm, there's not a lot of tall buildings and there were pretty much none in the direction from our hotel. And it was just fireworks everywhere in like, like they had like the North, like the ones going off the beach and like the sanctioned ones, those are huge. But then otherwise it was just tons and tons and tons. And you can't do that in Atlanta. So that actually kind of seems like a cool view. I'm not going to lie. Like that actually doesn't sound that's beautiful. Cool. Yeah. I've seen I've seen like drone footage or like aerial footage of like LA and stuff, but I didn't know like again, Atlanta just has like too many taller buildings. Maybe if you went farther out, it could work, but because West Palm is kind of flat yeah. a lot. All right. Well so, th- there's your travel tip, folks. Uh Fourth of July, West Palm Beach, good fire. Or I guess New Year's Eve. Or or New Year's Eve. Oh well, yeah, it's probably nice and nice and uh, temperate down there on New Year's Eve. All right. I think I think we've we've covered enough ground. We've 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 gotten it all wrapped up. Let's uh let's put a bow on this uh final I, I well not final episode but just uh last episode for a while because uh not much is probably going to happen for the next month or two. 
uh, at least relates to the Blackhawks, we think. I mean, maybe they'll trade Taves and Kane randomly on August 18th or something. But outside of that, uh, we probably we might pop up for like our top 25 under 25 series that's going to start next month. Uh, that might actually look different, too. Um, we might do an episode for that, or we might just come back in September when they meet for training camp. We're just kind of winging it right now. Uh, there's also a potential. I think the uh, the Friday shows that we tend to do in the off season might come back, so we might have some interviews with some people. And there's we might even have some people from the Blackhawks organization uh, to talk to. Uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, but I just wanted to really quickly thank each one of you, Betsy, Mill, and Shay. Thank each one of you for all your contributions and just for hanging out all the time. It was a lot of fun, even if the season wasn't. And uh, hopefully we'll have to do the same next season because I don't think it's going to be any better there. Uh, but thanks to everyone who listened to our podcast or read articles or whatever, uh, any way you've interacted with us in any way, uh, we, I sincerely appreciate it. It's kind of the whole point for doing all this is to uh, talk Blackhawks hockey with people who are as interested in it as we are. So if uh, you, any sort of anything way you've uh, responded to anything we've done, uh, I sincerely thank you for that. Uh, one more time around the horn. I'm at DML 57 mills at mill 182. Shay is at Jehosa's witness. Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at stackandcityhockey.com under the name LBR. Keep an eye out there. If anything happens for the next few months, we'll write about it there. And uh, like I said, we got some more prospect stuff coming up this week, and uh, we might even look some free agent stuff next week. And then we got the uh, top 25 under 25 series that will probably take up most of August. Uh, But that'll do it for this episode, and that'll do it for us for a while. So whenever the next time comes around, we will talk to you then.